Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with Thomas Frank Carr, and this is quarter number one of our show, brought to you by Collegiate Athletic Travel If you have any inkling, any desire to go to the Rose Bowl game, here is the way to do it. First class, go with Collegiate Athletic Travel. They're offering a charter flight out of Harrisburg with Southwest Airlines, a three-night stay at Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, transfers to everything, pep rally, the parade, the game, all of that taken care of for you. Not only that, for all of our good friends listening on the West Coast, if you're headed to the game and just want a land package, they have that available. Or if you just need a flight, they have that available for you also. If you want more information, just check it out at athletictravel.com or you could call 814-238-4987. Trust me, they do things fantastic. I went with them to Auburn. A great time, and I'm sure it'll be the same way this time for the Rose Bowl game. T. Frank, Rose Bowl is coming up in a few weeks, but first we've got this crazy period, don't we? Between the portal opening up, signing day in another week or so, it's just crazy time. Yeah, I I haven't even looked at the uh, Utah Utes defense like I said I was going to last week because I spent most of my time Uh, focusing on the portal last week which is like free agency uh, in the nfl in terms of it is the most toxic time to be on twitter hitting refresh every 14 seconds to see all the names going in and the problem is uh, the reason it's so dangerous is because especially monday of last week you were rewarded over and over again you could sit there all day and watch all the names flood in and then try to build the connections and all that stuff so um, you know, the, the last couple of days have been entirely dedicated to recruiting in the portal. And uh, yeah, the Rose Bowl is still happening. <laughs> the looming threat of not knowing enough about Utah. That's that's been that's been my weekend. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, there's still this pretty big bowl game called the Rose Bowl coming up. And you mentioned that it's free agency. And those who are fans of professional sports and know of free agency in baseball and football. Maybe this is a poor choice of terminology, but what college has is free agency on steroids because <laughs> <Yeah>. there's <laughs> zero limitations. There, there's no salary cap. Uh, there, there's nothing. It's just a free-for-all. And as you said, the names just kept pouring on. Before we get to all of the portal news, then there's so much of it, uh, T. Frank, I just wanted to get a couple things of uh, recruiting out of the way because that is still coming up, the early signing period. But Penn State got a commitment uh, this past weekend, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Joseph Mapoy out of uh, St. Thomas More in Connecticut via Archbishop Carroll. He is a defensive end, 6'4", 200, and uh, maybe we have him listed at on three at 235 pounds, but he looks like he's closer to 250. Um, when he came to visit for the whiteout, you know, we got some uh, great photos from my coworkers at Blue White Illustrated and 
He is stacked. This dude, you know, the, the, the joke is always the same, but he doesn't look like a, a high school recruit. He looks like he's 26 years old. So, you know, physically a mature player. He's from the Congo, so he's a little bit older as a prospect. One of the reasons he left Archbishop Carroll is because he was too old to stay enrolled at school. They have some policy that if you're over eight, if you're 18 or if you begin the year at 18 or something like that, you can't you have to unenroll. So he had to go to the uh, graduate high school route, uh, even though he was still eligible to be a student. So that's why he was at St. Thomas More. But older prospect uh, either way, no matter how you slice it, I, I think he's 19. So, you know, he's he's a phys- more physically mature. And it's good that he is where he is on that development curve because that's where he should be as a 19-year-old. Um, but from a standpoint of playing football, very new to football. Very new. Like two or three years of football. And, you know, as a guy that came from Africa and was a basketball prospect at first, we're talking... Lots of stuff it needs to he needs to understand the game at a much deeper level before he's uh, a viable candidate to play on the field. So you get a guy that looks like he can contribute right away, but most likely is a long term project because he's got to learn a lot of stuff. You know, I have my film room up over at the at the site and a lot of it is just basic like he does. He's learning how to run properly as a football player where using his arms correctly. Um, using his pump running with kinetic movement. So, you know, your whole body chain is you're using it to create explosive momentum, but then also using your hands as the pass rusher. So he's a lot of that. He's still figuring out the, the feel for and understanding. But, um, in the last two years, you've seen pretty good growth. So I don't think this is a guy that's not going to get it. It's just a lot to learn. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I was most encouraged about is despite that one of the reasons he looks a little bit goofy on film is because he was focusing so much on using his hands and he was, he was trying very hard to, you know, he has a two hand swipe. Uh, he has a, a rip move. He's got a swim move and he's got 33 inch arms. So when he does use them, they're pretty effective on the high school level. Everything has to get faster though. Everything has to be natural. It has to be more violent. There has to be a little bit less clunkiness in his in his movement skills, but you know, as far as a low four star high upside play is what you're looking for. You know, a guy that has that, uh, you know, he looks like deny Dennis Sutton. That's kind of where he fits in the archetype of looks like he was built in a lab. Everything about his frame is great. He could, he could play as, as big as he wants. And in fact, he plays defensive tackle a lot on film, you know, his highlight film in St. Thomas more, they had him rushing on the inside, uh, sometimes they had him playing defense, uh, run defense from the inside as well. So he's got a lot of good skills in the run game. But, you know, everyone is paid, you know, air quotes in college to get after the quarterback at defensive end. And that's going to be a work in progress. You do realize you no longer need the air quotes when talking about being paid in college. I don't I don't know if he's being paid, though. So that's the <laughs> point. It's like, I don't know if he's getting paid, but if some people are getting paid. Him specifically is where the air quotes come in. <laughs> All right. F- fair, fair enough. The other name still talking about recruiting is Mason Robinson, another defensive end. It was a surprise earlier this calendar year. I think a lot of folks expected him to commit to Penn State, and he surprised folks by committing to Northwestern. Northwestern then goes out and has like a one in whatever, oh, for this country uh, (laughs) record. 
that's of course reference to they won their one game, in, I guess, in Ireland. Uh, but he decommitted from Northwestern, and a lot of folks expected him to commit to, then to Penn State. Now, as we record this on Tuesday, pointing that out, yeah. he has not made any commitment yet. What are we uh, looking for from him? Uh, yeah, that's the expectation. He officially decommitted from Northwestern earlier this week. One of the reasons that the main reason he decommitted from there is because the defensive line coach he committed to uh, was fired. So when they made some changes on the defensive staff, that made him reevaluate what he wanted to do. And then he took an official visit to Penn State over the weekend. So Penn State could double dip at defensive end and get um, uh, Mason Robinson some point. You know, by the time this airs, he might already be committed. And uh, and he's just a, he's a great prospect. Flip everything I just said about Joseph Mapoy. And that is essentially the scouting report on Mason Robinson. Um, not. Uh, it's unfair to say that because one of the things about McCoy is that he's such a physical athlete. Um, Mason is, is no slouch. You know, he's put on 15 pounds of muscle, which was really the, the question is, could he become more explosive? Could he be um, a little bit more aggressive, strong, you know, all the things you want out of a defensive end, which is one of those freak positions. And I, I'm telling you, like in terms of change in his play, He's on par with what Abdul Carter did his junior to his senior season in terms of, wow, that's night and day. Abdul, it was all about feel for the position. It was about unlocking his physical gifts. Mason is all about unlocking his knowledge. This dude is so smart. He understands the game. He plays with great pad level aggression, tenacity. He is one step ahead of the defense or the offense at all times. It was just about, can he play up to that? And, and his senior season his highlight film is dominant. Like it's seven minutes of him blowing up plays the right way. And I know that that sounds like, uh, you know, kind of like what, what do you mean the right way using his hands, technical, uh, you know, staying in his gap, defeating his blocker, pushing up field on screens, um, you know, uh, great long arm moves being elusive, you know, hard to, to block dipping his shoulder, bending to the quarterback, Everything you want to see out of a pass rusher, he exhibits those things. So, you know, if he has committed to Penn State by the time you hear this, what they're getting is they're getting a high floor player that maybe doesn't have the physical attributes of some of those other guys. But I am almost guaranteeing he's going to be a productive player at Penn State. You know, you never know, but he does everything right. And he proved he's got the physical abilities to execute at the college football level. He just needs to continue to gain weight, get up to about 245 to 50, be one of those players that can play with aggression, speed, intelligence, and be just an all around good football player. I can't help but gush about how good at football he is. When I turn on film, this is what I'm hoping to see from defensive ends. When you start to compare a guy to Abdul Carter, you realize you get every Penn State fan salivating to you, Frank, right? I, I, you know, I know that people are going to misinterpret that, but that I want to give him that credit of making a change and, and, and really unlocking what he was, what his potential is. Um, and, and it's not to say he's going to be a physical freak and dominant like Abdul Carter. You have to listen to the rest of the words to get the meaning of what I'm saying. So it's a good thing to reiterate. He is not a physical freak like Abdul Carter. He is really good at football. And that's the, that that was the thing of can his athleticism allow him to uh, to express all of those 
internal traits that he's been working on. Because as a junior, you could see he knew what to do and how to do it. It was just that, you know, he was chasing things down and barely getting there. His senior season, he was chasing things down and he was wrapping up and tackling in the flat. I, you know, I, I love seeing that development from a football player, especially knowing, you know, I interviewed him on my show, how hard he was working on those things to improve. It, you know, f- from that perspective, it's nice to see a person rewarded for their effort. And what I like here in T. Frank is that this is a smart guy who's using those tools and his intelligence. We hear so often about these players. Let's face it. If you're able to play big time college football, you're physically ahead of 99% of those high school players you're playing against, and you could just use those physical tools. To hear a player uh, going beyond that already in high school is very exciting. That is it for quarter number one. We got the recruiting taken care of. Quarter number two, we're going to start working on the portal, T. Frank. Stay tuned for that. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. As promised, T. Frank, we are going to hit the transfer portal this segment. It First of all, before we get into names and positions, let's look at James Franklin and how he, I, I'll call it, he's been very strategic in his use of the transfer portal. There are teams that just bring in masses of players. 
James Franklin seems to have been very good at identifying areas of need and really pouncing on just a handful of very good players. Yeah, and you got to give credit to the staff for identifying not just not just talent but fit, and that's been uh, an important thing for them is that they haven't missed because guys have played. You know, even if they're not a star, they've been able to produce and 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 get into whether it's the offense or the defense and handle the role that they're being asked to do. So they're not trying to induce anyone to come. They're trying to get guys that they need and that fill fill you know, roles for the team. So I, I think that that's, like you said, strategic. Now this year, there's been a lot more offers, but I think that's more of them adjusting their game plan of how they're going about getting players to campus because they missed out on some guys because they weren't super aggressive and they were trying to be strategic. And then other teams, you know, were maybe not being as discerning and offering everybody and bringing players in. And then, you know, you get kind of that bad end of the portal where you feel like things aren't above board. So Penn state adjusting its, its game plan, I think this year, because there have been way more offers than there have been in the past. And in looking at it, I mentioned, you know, strategic going for areas of need and a couple places with areas of depth that I remember in the past saying, gee, do they really need a Johnny Dixon at cornerback? Well, yeah. they probably, it wasn't an absolute need, but I'm sure glad that they brought him in, you know, right. they showed and the guy like Hunter Norzad along the offensive line. This season, though, going into it, wide receivers got to be the position that they're emphasizing most. They had two guys that they could count on pretty much for the season, Tinsley, Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington, and they're both leaving. There's a lot of playing time available for someone coming in through the portal. Yeah, and I want to start with the the other side of the conversation that I keep getting hit with of, okay, so what does this mean about the young guys? You know, everyone was dying to see Caden Saunders last year. And, you know, the, the point is not about Caden Saunders. It's not about the young players. It's about the transfer, the transfer portal allows you to reload and eliminate risk and eliminate the unknown. If Caden Saunders is, is good to play, like if he can play this year and he shows during the spring that he's ready to step into a larger role, then they'll find a spot for him. What they're not going to do is wait around for guys to show up because sometimes they don't. And when you're starting a brand new quarterback and you want things to go right for him, the best thing you can do is have a lot of reliable, open targets, guys who uh, do what they're supposed to do. And if you if you go into a season and I know that, you know, you've got redshirt sophomores and a couple redshirt juniors or whatever they are based on their covid designation in uh, Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith and Malik Mega. None of those guys uh, have have proven have stepped up to prove that they are um, legitimate bona fide receivers. We haven't seen even the flashes we saw out of Parker Washington and guys in the past, Jahan Dotson, when they had the opportunity. So don't wait around. If you need a player, you can go to the portal and try and find it, and you can recapture some of the depth that the portal has stolen from you over the years with guys transferring. So, you know they've got a, a good base of talent for the class of 2022. You just don't have to wait around for it and you don't have to, you don't have to 
they're freshmen still. You know, and that's what I'm trying to say. And the other part to this is we're talking about wide receiver. We're not talking about quarterback, which means you could have two, three, even four of them on the field at the same time yes. and rotate players in. So if you have six guys at wide receiver capable of contributing, that's fine. You can still get six contributors from that position, correct? Yeah, and I mean, Penn State was sort of down a receiver last year to begin with. They wanted another guy to step up. They were waiting for that guy to step up, and and he never really did. You know, injuries were a part of that, but it, they also were not the whole story. So that's where you've got you've got this conversation of we've got to replace the top two guys, and there's still room for somebody else to contribute, whether it's Liam Clifford or it's Caden Saunders, or if it's, you know, one of the other guys that hasn't uh, come through and we haven't seen anything from yet. I mean, even down to the fact that they moved Christian Driver over from corner. There's another guy that I think has really good talent to be a, a bona fide route runner. Um, you know, they still have the opportunity to have one of those guys step up and there's room for players to play because last year they weren't exactly enamored with the three they have so there's really there's three open positions right now this offseason let's talk about some specific names fortunately wide receiver being the biggest need there's a lot of wide receivers in the portal who are very capable and competent uh give me some of the names that penn state fans should be aware of well let's start with the most recent one and that would be caden prather from west virginia he was a one-time penn state recruit and and target who went to the Mountaineers, um, 6'4", 211 pounds, and had a re- had a good season for West Virginia last year. Um, and, and watching the film, I can see why he wanted to transfer, because he had 10 deep targets. For a guy who's 6'4", and runs a, in the 4'4s, four and he doesn't have a whole... He's not like the featured deep target on a team. I can I can understand how he might be frustrated by that. Um, uh, he Not a lot of success there, but big possession zone beating receiver um still developing obviously you know he's he's not a finished product by any means but long arms great catch radius he just went in the portal yesterday i don't believe penn state i mean again by the time this is aired he might have already been offered and might have a a trip set up to happy valley that that you can go find at uh you know one of our recruiting sites but i think he's He's now become my favorite target in the portal because I think he provides you a lot of talent and he provides you a good baseline of dependability. Let's talk about a couple other folks. I believe he even had got a visit from Dante Cephas from Kent State. Yeah, and so that's the that's the one you should be watching for this week, Dante Cephas. I put him in the category of Mitchell Tinsley, really good receiver. There's a lot of things you can like about him, but uh, you know the, the biggest question for me is speed, which is probably the biggest question from his recruiting profile. He's a pet, he's a Pittsburgh native. Um, he was teammates with Tank Smith and Daquan Hardy at Penn Hills, so strong ties to Penn State, even though he didn't get that offer out of out of college or out of high school. And now he is one of the more coveted players in the transfer portal. He took a visit to Penn State this past weekend. I don't know if. What I don't know is if he's an immediate yes, given that they have a couple other guys that we're going to get to that they might want to see if those guys are interested too. So really, we're talking about two players, and there's three or four names that I think are good fits for for the Nittany Lions. But it might might be first come, first serve, 
And, uh, you know, with Cephas, he is a good route runner, great hands, gets open. Again, lacks a little bit of speed. So the speed element is still not a, uh, a presence if he were to join the Nittany Lions. So that is that's my biggest area of concern is, you know, one of those young guys d- does have to step up if you don't get the right mix of receivers in the portal, because I just I don't think you can go another season without some good speed play. And, um, you know, that's the one area in his in his uh, in his profile I've been looking at. That being said, I have not done a deep dive because he hasn't committed yet. Um, so when that happens, you know, there's there's more to learn about a guy like that. But a lot of targets, a lot of catches, a lot of reliability. Another name that Penn State fans are familiar with uh, at one time, a Penn State commit is Dante Thornton. He's another one of those big wide receivers. He's listed at six foot five. Where's Penn State with him? Uh, I believe um, that he'll be visiting soon. So very, very they're, they're very serious about him. Um, you can also visit these players in their homes. You know, you can do like home visits like it's recruiting. So uh, he's going to be getting all of those things as a, as a priority player. 6'5", 200 pounds, like you mentioned, uh, vertical threat at Oregon. So so a lot of the a lot of the things we talk about Prather, we talk about Thornton and, and, and Cephas and how they're used in their offense. So Cephas was used inside and outside as a receiver at Kent State. Um Really, they played Dante Thornton at Oregon in a similar situation, but he, no matter where he was, really was a vertical threat. So he was very specific in that offense. So there isn't a lot of evidence of can he run routes? Can he can he uh, make cuts and can he play laterally at a high speed? But what he does have is great long speed and that big frame catch radius. He's a big play threat. I think he averaged 21 yards a catch at Oregon. The question is, does he have more to give? And I think that's one of the reasons he's in the portal is to prove that, yes, he does have more to give than just running nine routes from the uh, slot or from out wide. So um, another, again, a high priority target is a guy that was committed to the Nittany Lions at one point and uh, and is back on the radar for them. So all three of those guys are are serious targets that that Penn State wants uh, is pursuing actively, I should say. Any other wide receivers we should be aware of in the portal? I am uh, on maybe maybe not on an island here because they have been out to see him. But my favorite so far has been Dorian Singer out of Arizona. I don't know the realistic. I don't uh, I don't know if he's the highest guy on their board. There's not a previous relationship there. Good speed. I'd say a little bit better than Cephas, but. I mean, I, <laughs> I was Googling photos, you know, to use on some of my imaging about him. And there's like seven of them just catching one handed balls in contested coverage. The dude has unreal body control in the air. He reminds me a little bit of Devonte Adams, where he just gets open. He's not big. He's not strong necessarily. He's not the fastest, but he makes crazy plays. He makes all kinds of awesome plays. So getting him into the Penn State program, the weightlifting program, all those things, I think he could be a really, really, really good player. But at the same time, I understand why from Arizona, harder to pull him out east might not be the top on the board at receiver. Uh, And some of those other guys are the ones you want to focus on more. But I loved what I just I really enjoyed watching his film. And uh, most of these guys, by the way, have two years of eligibility left. So that's an important thing to know, too. And I would imagine it doesn't hurt that you got a big, strong five-star guy like Drew Aller who's going to be throwing them balls, right? 
I mean, that would be my selling point. <laughs> that that would be exactly what you look at this offense. Look, we're just missing you. Literally, we're just missing receivers. Everything else is coming back. Everything else is falling into place for Penn State. We're going to look at the other positions for the portal in quarter number four. But first, we've got quarter number three. We've got your questions, and we're going to ask T. Frank. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, Rose Bowl parade tickets, and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. And this is a segment we call Ask T. Frank. We're going to take your questions for T. Frank. Football, recruiting, life in general, you ask T. Frank. If you want to ask your question, download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see there's an Ask T. Frank button. You hit that and fill it out. Send in your question. And every week we will pick a lucky winner. Best question. And guess what? Now the winner will get a prize pack from our friends at 409 Tailgate Club. You know all about their great sauces, their chicken rub. They're now introducing their new coffee barbecue dry rubs. They're unique low-sodium blends, and they feature coffee from W.C. Clark's Roasters from the Cheese Shop in State College. You're probably familiar with them also. In time, make a great Christmas gift. If you want to find out more, go to 409tailgateclub.com. All right, T. Frank, you ready for your questions? Yes, sir. All right, let's start with Denny from Edwardsville. Denny says, 
with all the extra practice time prior to the bowl game, I assume that Drew Aller is getting more reps than normal. <laughs> How important is that? And what are specific things that he can be working on? I bet you you thought he was going to go a different direction, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I, I was assuming he was going to be talking about the development of the third string cornerback for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, this is this is why you want to get to a bowl game. This is why you want to get to a New Year's Six game is because you get the best of both worlds. You get the extra practice time and you get the recruiting bump. You get all the publicity, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so the stuff that we'll be working on right now is everything. Again, not to sound like James Franklin, but he needs to work on everything. And uh, that's invaluable that they get extra practice time. And the the practices right now are probably not at all geared towards Utah. It's about internal growth and development. Um, the things I think he needs to work on, you know, based on what we've seen so far, and it is a limited size. So take this with a grain of salt is that, I, you know, I'm working with a lot of the same information you are in terms of knowledge about Drew Aller, pocket presence and consistency in his mechanics. His consistency in his mechanics goes back to his junior season um, to where he changed his throwing motion and uh, he did a great job of becoming a much more accurate quarterback. But I see times where he gets in the pocket and he gets a little tentative with his front foot and he does not he doesn't deliver like he does not deliver the ball accurately and he does not deliver the ball with confidence. And you can see it because the way the ball comes out of his hands when he's confident, that's when you go, oh, wow, that's next level arm talent. When it doesn't, it looks a lot more like Sean Clifford. The ball sometimes is low. It's not on target. It's not super. It, there's not a lot of velocity on it. And that just comes down to comfort and confidence and more reps. This is so this is the conversation about Drew Aller not getting into certain games or not getting reps with guys, you know, during the game against Maryland or whatever. Pick pick a game. You don't think you got enough reps. Um, those are very valuable reps, but there are thousands of them this offseason where he can improve. And this is a large chunk of them. So this is the time that you were hoping he's working on all of those things, which also comes down to the confidence, by the way, comes down to have you seen it and do you know what's going on? So that's what he can do right now is just study coverages, you know, practice against safety rotations that he's never seen before, exposure to new things. And that's what if Penn State is is gearing him up for being the starter in the future or being, you know, in the quarterback competition, all those young quarterbacks are working on that right now. Okay. Let's go to John in Raleigh, North Carolina, who says transfer portal actions in high gear. I'm always concerned about Penn state losing a quality player, but there's one loss I would hate to see Penn state take. And he's not a player. It's coach Manny Diaz. I enjoyed watching his defense. Hope he's around for 2023 and beyond. What impact would it have on Penn State if Diaz left for another school? And are there any other schools making a play to get Manny Diaz away from Penn State? Uh, oh, whose question was this? I this is John. That. John from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, John, great question. From what I can tell, and this is uh, this is kind of just the the process of off season is the coaching vacancies are filled. So you know the coach carousel has gone has come and gone. And um, Manny Diaz was in consideration for a head coaching job. So was Jay Wan Sider. Um, at this point, it would be about a coordinator position for Sider more so than it would be a head coaching job for Diaz, in my opinion, if you're worried about losing a coach. Because 
most of the jobs are filled because you need to retain your recruiting class. So you have to move pretty quickly in these situations. I have not heard his name come up for anything recently. So you should be, you should feel confident that he's going to be a Nittany lion coach this off season and next year. The, the loss of Diaz would be uh, unfortunate, but I do think they've proven that, there, you know, James Franklin, I think, has proven that when given the resources to go get the coaches he wants, he identifies talent, whether it's coaches or players, and he brings in guys that can help him succeed and can help him, uh, you know, put out the product he wants on the football field. So not to sound optim- blindly optimistic, but he's proven to me that if Manny Diaz will move on at some point, that is that is a guarantee he'll move on at some point, they'll be able to find another guy to uh effectively take that job a guy on the staff that i think should get an opportunity i just i really like anthony poindexter i think that he's a very smart coach um and i'd be interested to see what he could do with the defense as the as the defensive coordinator plus poindexter i believe he was a finalist for the uva job even the head job so he's got that status in that respect i also wonder t frank there's been a bit of a change in style with Penn State's defense with Manny Diaz coming in. If Jay, if that's the style that James Franklin wants, is that not going to be the case going forward? If he says, look, Anthony Poindexter or whoever's coming in, this is the model. This is how we want to play. And that's the way it's going to be. Um, so that's where I think you can get into semantics, because if you ask James Franklin or any of the coaches or any of the players, they'll say, no, the the defense with Manny Diaz is largely the same as it was with Brent Pry, because Brent Pry liked to blitz. It's, you know, like I said, it's like, yeah, you've got tomatoes. That's the same thing as spaghetti sauce, right? I, I don't think so. I think there's a big difference between the two. So, you know, stylistically, the imprint of the defense will change with the guy that is coaching and is calling the plays. And that, I think, is the secret sauce to a good coordinator is the creativity and the um, insight into calling something to set something else up, whether it's offense or defense, and then playing off tendencies and creating wrinkles that cause genuine problems for the opposition rather than conceptual problems. Uh, that are easier to handle. And I think Diaz does a great job of creating genuine problems that the other team has to account for. And unless they're superior athletes and, you know, a better team overall, it's very difficult for them to handle. I like how you did the tomatoes to tomato sauce comparison and then said the secret sauce. So it's the secret (laughs) tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. Let's go to David in Lancaster who says, what does Abdul Carter do that makes him so dangerous as a pass rusher? Um, so this is really interesting. The way that they used him at the end of the season is different than the way they used him at the beginning of the season. And what they did with him is at first to get him on the football field, they were saying, you know, lining him up the edge and saying, you're an edge rusher, go after the quarterback. And, you know, he got some bad passes and some sacks that way. But what they did is they started designing and scheming plays for him. And that's a huge shift for a freshman and for the defense. And it worked out really well. So instead of lining him up on the edge, they lined him up in the A-gap. Um, and more routinely, they lined him up in the A-gap specifically. And as a pass rusher, they were uh, Manny Diaz was setting the defense in a way that allowed him to attack the running back rather than an offensive lineman. And he's so violent and physical and strong and fast 
that there was not a running back that could handle him. Even when they did, he plowed right through them and got simulated pressure that flushed the quarterback from the pocket, or he was able to get some holding penalties. Um, he also was used as a quarterback spy. So instead of rushing him off the edge or up the A-gap, they would stunt and they would twist. And instead of letting the quarterback run free, they would use their freak athlete that runs a 4-4 and let that guy chase him down from whatever angle. And that's where you saw some of those like breathtaking plays of him going from Talia Tunga Baloa having the edge of the defense and maybe getting five, six yards to a throwaway because he sprinted from the opposite hash to the sideline before Tunga Baloa could do anything. So their ability to get him in positions to use that athleticism was, again, talking about creativity and understanding the wrinkles in your own system and creating genuine problems. This is one of the shifts that Diaz made as they trusted Carter more and he proved he could handle more. So that was that was the biggest shift is how they were using him as a pass rusher to give him better situations rather than just lining him up and letting him go. And what impressed me, T. Frank, when he did that, when he was the quarterback spy, it wasn't just how big and strong and fast he was. I was impressed by his the timing of his decision making. Yep. When he chose to go after the quarterback, it was like he didn't hesitate. His timing was perfect when he his jump was so good. Combine that with his speed and everything else. The quarterback had no chance. Occasionally I'd feel sorry for the quarterback on the <laughs> opposing team. It, because they yeah. didn't have a prayer. Uh, the, the thing I said this year is I don't know that I've seen somebody turn information into instinct as quickly as Carter did because he picked all that up pretty quickly. And then just like you described, it became instinctive for him to break on those plays and to let the quarterback declare then attack instead of getting antsy. And I just he's so smart. He's the he is the complete package as a football player. It's what you're looking for. You want 11 of those and then you would never give up points. And then Penn State fans may be happy. They might actually be happy if you had 11 of those. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm happy they have at least one of them. And as you just you described it very well, because so often a young player, you could almost see that they're thinking. And yeah. that wasn't the case. He was reacting and doing it quickly. Real quick now, one more. Art from Lebanon says, hey, T. Frank, I read that Ohio State has both their tight end and cornerback opting out of the Rose Bowl. What effect do you think that will have on their offense and defense? Uh, Utah, not Ohio State, but yes. Um, oh, did I say Ohio State? I'm sorry, Utah. That, that's okay. Yeah, so Dalton Kincaid and Clark Phillips both are opting out. Well, I should say Clark Phillips did not say specifically in his post that he's opting out of the Rose Bowl. He said he's going to the draft. But you don't make a declaration unless you're intending to not play in the game. Dalton Kincaid is their number one target. 980 yards, I think 10 touchdowns, eight touchdowns maybe, something in there. Like he, The offense, the passing offense flows through him. They had to play without him a couple times this year, and it was it was kind of rough going. They're a smart staff. They're probably prepared for this, but it is a blow, you know. But on the same side, Parker Washington's not playing, and Joey Porter Jr. is not playing. Top cover corner for uh, Utah might be a first round pick somewhere in there. So I think it's going to be a defensive game. Basically, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. That is it for quarter number three. Stick around. Start a quarter four. We're going to pick our winner. Stay tuned. 
The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel, Rose Bowl parade tickets, and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's T. Frank. We just got done with quarter number three and asked T. Frank, we need a winner. David Lancaster, I don't know if you could tell, but I was very excited to talk about that because it was I love when one point leads to another. So uh, uh, John from Raleigh gets the assist on this one. But, you know, the, the home run here was David Lancaster talking about Abdul Carter as a pass rusher because it did. It changed the fabric of the way the defense performed on third down. And I think it opened the door to the conversation of Abdul Carter in the future moving to Mike because he proved he could handle it in those third down packages. Um now, that's not to say it's going to happen, but I do think that it showed the growth in one season where a guy went from being in the the third down package, not being in the third down package, to being a part of it, to then being, I think, the center point of that. So great question, David. Uh, astute observation. So you're going to be our winner. And it also shows you, if you go back and watch the games, replays of them, how this defense has changed and matured. It was different at the end of the season than it was at the start of the season. And just a quick reminder, that first game against Purdue, remember Abdul Carter's contribution to that game, T. Frank? Yeah, one targeting penalty. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. All right, let's move on. Um, Quarter number two, we were talking transfer portal. We talked wide receiver for the whole segment, and I think that was appropriate. That is what Penn State is emphasizing. That's where their needs are. Uh, 
but there are other holes out there. What? Where else is Penn State looking for help in the portal, T. Frank? So the interesting, we'll start with the murkiest position, which is running back. Um, I can name a couple of guys that make sense for Penn State, but right now Penn State doesn't need a running back. Uh, Kevon Lee is still a part of the, the Nittany Line program, and he continues to tweet uh, incredibly obscure and vague things. And, you you know, all so you don't know really where he stands. But until proven otherwise or until se- uh, said otherwise, he is a part of the the. He's a part of the team, so they don't necessarily need to go after a running back. But running back would be one of those positions if he were to go uh, into the portal that he would uh, that they would need to then uh, buttress with with a prospect. It is a tough sell uh, in the portal to talk to some of these guys that are leaving places because they either didn't get enough carries or playing time to say, hey, come here and be part of a three back rotation where you're at a disadvantage because the other two are really good and they're established in the offense. So really for Penn State fans, you better hope Kevon Lee doesn't leave because I don't know that you're bringing in a player of like athletic ability um, if he does. And I mean, like in terms of fitting into the fabric of that room, being on the same level as all three of those guys, not necessarily specifically to Kevon Lee. So then it becomes defensive tackle, I think, is quietly a very big need. And that depends on a couple of things we can get into. But uh, losing P.J. Mustafer, Devon Ellis can also leave if he decides to. That is, to me, that that nose tackle position, um, that's a big deal. Uh, because, you know, they they didn't have a dominant guy there, but they did have P.J. Mustafer, who was making the right decision more times than not. He was losing more than he did last year. We talked about that all offseason, about how don't expect P.J. Mustafer from 2021. But they do need to find somebody, I think, that uh, fits that bill. But pretty slim pickings right now in the portal at defensive tackle. Are, is there anybody, any names out there that you that Penn State we know has made an offer to or is a possibility? So Western Michigan defensive tackle Braden Fiske uh, said that he's received a Penn State offer. 6'5", 300 pounds. He would be a perfect fit in this class. He's a, cl- he's a class of 2018 player. Um so he's a he's a mature guy that I think went to Western Michigan as an offensive lineman. And I don't know if the I don't know if it works out perfectly, but he might have been a PJ Fleck recruit, which is how long he's been at college. Um, but the problem is, you know, six, five, three hundred pounds, veteran player, active hands, versatile. The whole country wants that guy. And, you know, just from the on three transfer portal rankings. Uh, and their predictions, it looks like a heavy lean to Notre Dame, not Penn State. So uh, there's a couple other guys. I don't know that he fits this bill, but Elijah Judy is a uh, defensive line player from Texas A&M, a former Philadelphia guy, 6'3", 295. He left, co- he left high school at like 240 and in two years gained, you know, 40, 50 pounds. Um, that's going to be an interesting one because he played he played on the edge for Texas A&M. So figuring out, is he a defensive tackle? Is he a defensive end? Is he a hybrid player? Was he asked to gain too much weight? What is his best position? I think there's a lot of stuff there, but I do believe he has an offer from Penn State. I think he has a public offer, but I don't think he solves their biggest need. They got, they got a mess of three techniques. They got a whole handful of guys that can play 
that other position. And Judy would be one of those guys, not necessarily somebody that can come in and provide the beef and the size that James Franklin was lamenting for in his uh, lost to Michigan press conference, which I do think will be a slight emphasis, but won't be something that is uh, they're not going to go out and get just a big dude. Cause there's a lot of those guys in the portal right now that are not, on the level that Penn State needs as far as an athlete and a difference maker along the defensive line. And we have said James Franklin is pretty picky in picking out players and bringing them in. Yeah. He does, though, also go for depth at some positions. There are positions where, look, let's go to offensive line, and there's several variables still left with this Penn State offensive line going into next year. We know Fashionu is coming back. We know Hunter Norzad is coming back. We know Landon Tengwall is going to be back. But you have some of the, these veterans, the Caden Wallace and Juice Scruggs, um, Sal Warmly. You know, are we comfortable they're all coming back? And the fact that you are playing five guys at a time and injuries happen, you need to go six, seven, eight deep at offensive line. Are there any offensive linemen that the Nittany Lions are looking at. Yes. This one is kind of like running back that I think you're going to have a hard time uh, convincing somebody to come to Penn State who's in the transfer portal and say, hey, maybe you don't play this year as a starter, but, you know, you could maybe compete for a starting position in 2024. That's that's not a great selling point when you and, and tackle, by the way, I should start with tackle is the place they're looking for. They actually have good depth at the interior of their offensive line, given that you've got some young guys that are maturing and look pretty good. Vega, you being one of those guys, you know, and then Landon Tangwall coming back from injury. JB Nelson, Hunter Norzad. I would it's Salim Wormley. I expect is coming back. That's a that to me. That's a firm. He's definitely back. Juice Scruggs, I expect to move on. So you've got a you've got four guys to play three positions, five guys to play three positions on the interior. Right now, you have uh, you would be counting on possibly Javen Williams as your fourth tackle, and he's a 2023 freshman. So that would be the area they need to find a fourth tackle. Now they have they can have four tackles if both Bryce Effner and Caden Wallace come back. But the question then becomes: Are you looking to upgrade that position? And I think that, you know, they're always going to be looking to upgrade. So a Johnny Cornelius is a guy in the portal that has, I think, three years of eligibility from Rhode Island. A lot of talent, played right tackle, played very well against Power 5 competition. But somebody's going to offer him a starting job. And he's used to starting as somebody who played at Rhode Island for two years. Um, there's the UTEP, uh, Jeremiah Byers, UTEP right tackle. He's a guy that's looking for a place based on, you know, just his eligibility left and his play last year i think he's looking for a power five spot to prove he is a an nfl tackle and then to move on so that guy could be in a you know i think buyer specifically could be an upgrade at right tackle but it's not so demonstrable uh, demonstrative that it would be an obvious thing and then you have to say to that person come in and compete for a starting job with caden wallace and maybe uh you know the freshman drew shelton shelton yeah, so you got three guys, you know, just the, the the mechanics of it don't really work very well for luring in portal tackles, which is going to be a problem every single year. But I do believe they need to get a portal offensive lineman. So there's a couple of other guys you can keep your eyes on. That would be an area where if something really fits well, they'll go aggressively after it. And then the last position is corner. 
And this is the, like you mentioned, Johnny Dixon, you can never have enough good corners. You're losing Joey Porter Jr. You want to keep the level of play at that position as high as possible because it is so important to the dominant level that this team played with the last two years. So, uh, you know, Kalen King has another year and then he's the first round pick. Like he is a top 15 corner. So you need to find the next generation of those guys with Johnny Dixon and King both likely leaving next year. And then you need to build some depth behind, um, you know, those guys. So finding somebody, I think, with more years of eligibility than just one, that's really it's not about this year. It's about making sure you you stockpile enough corners for the future. We talked a bit about running back and bringing someone in as a running back is is a tough sell when you have two elite guys who are true freshmen. You could talk in a similar way about the quarterback position. After Christian Veyer uh, transferred, you're returning two guys. Drew Aller is going to be your starter. We know that. Bo Perbola coming back and a true freshman coming in. That's not a lot of depth at quarterback, such an important position. You know, you're a player too away from having that third string guy in. Is it possible to bring in a guy who's, you know, you're bringing them in for depth at quarterback? Uh, it's technically possible, but uh, I just, the thing I've been saying all offseason is the uh, the only <laughs> it's not even it's not even fair to say JT Daniels is a guy that goes everywhere and starts. But there's no there's no there's no Chase Daniels of college football. And if you're familiar with the NFL, Chase Daniel has been a backup quarterback for 20 years, I think, going from city to city, holding a clipboard. And that's been his job. That guy doesn't exist in college because everyone's trying to get to the league. So no one's trying to be a backup quarterback. You know, the, the conversation has been very um obscure like uh, obscure in a way of like look for a guy that wants to be a coach and like there's not like i i can't think of a lot of guys off the top of my head that are like you know what i'm going to give up on my dreams of playing in the nfl and i'm just going to be a coach and not that it can't be a lucrative and rewarding career but these are 18 to 23 year old guys that still believe in themselves beyond the reasonable doubt and and I just I, that's a that's a very hard needle to thread. That's the hardest one that we've talked about beyond corner and running back and tackle. Finding a guy to come in and compete air quotes with Drew Aller. They're not going to bring in anybody that's going to beat Drew Aller. So then you've got to decide uh, how you're going to go about finding somebody else. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to have to have what they have. Very good, T. Frank. Thanks for all the information. But that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. The Nittany Lions are headed to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and you can join them. Collegiate Athletic Travel is offering a three-night package, including nonstop charter flight with Southwest Airlines from Harrisburg to L.A. Burbank Airport. Stay at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Rose Bowl parade tickets and all transfers are included. Here's your chance to attend the Rose Bowl and let Collegiate Athletic Travel do all the work. Land-only package is available, too. Go to athletictravel.com or call 814-238-4987. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hockensmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 